Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hello, my name is Lana, and I'm here with Lily. We are going to be talking about Kindred, the FX Hulu TV show. Some themes we're going to be discussing are their general thoughts and opinions, as well as what is the line between adaptation and inspiration, amongst a few little things in between. We won't be discussing the book in great detail, and therefore you won't need to have read the book to understand the conversation, but please be aware of spoilers. My first question is, what were your initial thoughts? Overall, I'm a little underwhelmed, but I liked a lot of things about it. And I've been thinking about the broader question of like, can you adapt an Octavia Butler novel for a series? And how how could that work really well and be really powerful? The age-old question of like, isn't the book always better than the adaptation? But as someone interested in TV writing, I'm very interested in like, how do you adapt that? And how can that be as good as it possibly could be? So I was interested in some of the changes made in terms of making it a more sustainable conflict and more story arcs that are intended to last longer than like the length of reading a novel in one sitting, like having her mother involved in the past and that extra kind of twist there. But yeah, I kind of wanted this to be more powerful, but it wasn't bad either. Very interesting impact or intent, really. The dude who works directly under the producer came into my job the other day. And he was sort of talking about TV shows. And he mentioned there's a need for low stakes thriller. In this conversation, he was asking us for books that sort of represented that or had that in there because everyone wants to do adaptations. And in that, he started bringing up Kindred. And he said that the main producer who's credited on that show approached the writer (laughs) and It was like, what's something that you've wanted to adapt that no one's been able to adapt or you just haven't been able to adapt? It's like been two years to get the rights to do the show. And so when I was watching it, I was under the impression that they would just be more dedicated to the work. And yet I found that this show was almost inspired by Kindred more than it was actually Kindred. To the point where it should have just said that. Like, we've seen that before. I didn't feel like was kindred. There were so many key aspects of that story of character dynamics that were either tossed into the wind or just stiffly changed. That I spent a lot of watching the show not even really knowing what was going to happen next. I finished the book like three weeks ago. Right. (laughs) Didn't know how to feel about that because as a TV watcher or just a media consumer, I was intrigued, but I'm not going to race to watch the next season. It hasn't been greenlit yet. And then as someone familiar with the works and a a fan of Octavia Butler, I don't really know if it was worth the two-year journey in the contracts for that to be what came out. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel similarly like I liked watching it. I was like, I'm intrigued to see what's happening next. It's, you know, we're both with Feminist Book Club. We read a lot of books. We watch a lot of TV shows, see a lot of things. And I was thinking like a year from now, am I really going to remember much about this show? And I'm not sure that I will. I thought that Mallory 
Johnson, who played Dana, she was amazing. Like, I apparently she like just graduated Juilliard and then did this role. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that's really cool. Like, she was phenomenal. Her acting was really good, and I like want to see her in more things. So there are definitely things I thought were like very good about the show. I was thinking about Handmaid's Tale a lot because that was another classic book that got adapted like successfully for TV. It was a very successful show, and how the whole book was season one, and then they added. And this is a different approach where it's like really stretching out the story. Like Rufus is still a kid at the end. Like it's not the story of the novel necessarily, which is maybe good. Because again, I don't know if you can do the story of the novel. I feel like some of the urgency of the story was lost because it's expanded. There are a couple episodes kind of near the end that were more focused on Kevin's side of things and life on the plantation. And it just started feeling like, is this the core story or is this just like oh here are lots of scenes that show that slavery is bad we know that what is data doing right now what is kevin like trying to do right now some of that urgency got a little lost for me especially in the second half of the season and it's quite a cliffhanger at the end though <laughs> yeah i'm curious to see what they would do with that if their season two comes out i will probably watch at least the beginning so i'm curious as to how that will work we have like three different timelines now and people in the wrong time period so the big thing is that her mother is alive and well for the most part, well yes. as she can be. Yep. We get a different aspect of her aunt and uncle who are mentioned in the book. It's important to note that the book is so short because I think that does play a role in how the show is written mm -hmm. because it's a very straightforward story. And if I was adapting it as someone who has no experience in film at all, I would have made it just like a short series. I wasn't expecting a cliffhanger and a potential season two. Yeah, whatsoever. same. Yeah, so the aunt and uncle are slightly different. They have an interesting relationship with Dana. We have a lot more family members. Mm -hmm. We have this cast of overbearing white neighbors mm -hmm. where there's that narrative there of a Black person and or an interracial relationship. Right. Being in a predominantly white, maybe probably upper middle class neighborhood. And then we, of course, have the people in the past. One of the things that strike me the most, you mentioned Rufus, is that it does not feel like a Dana and Rufus story. One of the mm -hmm. things you mentioned is that Rufus is still like eight years old yeah. <laughs> at the end of season one. And I think they've gone back like three or four times. If you're familiar mm -hmm. with the story where season one ends, Kevin is stuck there by himself and he's just found out this information. And Rufus is, like I said before, still a child. Where in the book, he probably been closer to middle school age at that time. And so I don't know what's happening. It's feel like it's been more of like Tom's story. Yeah, you, Tom Waylon, the, yeah, the plantation owner. Yeah. Mm hmm I feel like that too. There are like two episodes in a row in that second half that just felt very like Tom, Kevin, like white people. And that's interesting. But the final like sort of scene of Kevin was showing like, look, he's trying to do something now, but he's not like the most active character. So when we spend a lot of time with him, it feels like we're just hanging out in this world and we already know what this world is. <laughs> like, do we need to see this? Whereas Dana has like the urgency and like she's the protagonist and she's the one who's like trying to figure something out that's really important. 
And so I feel like that was lost a little bit in those parts. Tom Whelan did have more space than in the novel. We really like saw that family in some ways like more compassionately or something. There were a lot of shots of Kevin, Dana's like partner who actually is not even her partner in this version he's like a new guy she just met it was another change that interested me but there were kind of a lot of shots of him just like you know disapproving of something or like watching something terrible and being like just having a reaction like well I'm a good person I don't like that but also not doing anything about it but also like what can you do in the novel I read it a couple years ago I remember feeling very fascinated by the fact that Kevin and Dana both end up in this place and they have a conversation in the show where they're like, how weird is it that like this is getting normalized for us? Like this already feels kind of normal where like she is like having to be an enslaved person and he's like this free white guy and it's so different. And in the novel, I remember feeling just a little more fascinated by like, oh, Kevin's just like rolling with this because he can't. And there is something a little more nuanced about it. We don't like Kevin, but like, what can he do also? But also like he should be acting or he should be doing more. That interesting construct of how they both end up in this time and this is the system they're in. And like, they just very immediately take the roles that are given to them. And in the movie, I felt like I was continually reminded that Kevin is a good person, but without seeing him do that much. They gave him addiction which was yes interesting it slowly comes out that he deals with substance abuse and in the very end of the last episode we discovered that he may have further things with his mental health that we haven't really seen that are extremely concerning to a sister who does not know where he is i felt like a lot of that senior is watching him break down slowly Mm -hmm. because what Mm -hmm. we know in the book is that when he comes back after how the five years that he was there in the book i have a feeling that the show was going to change that somehow it takes him a while it is said in a book that it takes a while to be in present day uh, which is also gonna be interesting we somehow get dana's mom from new york to la because she is all the way across the country and i think that's what that's for yeah. that just has to be like a story that the writer had in his head right it's not that it doesn't fit in the story in the world that's created in this like alternate universe of kindred it fits it works it's just different it's drastically different from the original right my biggest frustration is the changes in the character hmm. in all of the characters even with tom i was sort of frustrated because tom quickly gets an idea of what's happening and that mm-hmm. changes the dynamic of him and Dana's relationship. I think the character that's most consistent is Margaret, Tom Wyland's wife, who is just a character. Yeah. I was sort of frustrated with Sarah, who is the woman responsible for preparing the food for the plantation. She was like a drastically different character. She was like throwing people under the bus. She was super angry and creating a lot of tension that wasn't really there. And it's not super clear why. And I'm a little bit frustrated because part of the story for me, part of the conversation of slavery is that Black people really did have each other's backs. It often was like, Black people, enslaved people, and then the masters and the white people. And there was a solidarity there that hasn't really been shown at all in this show, but is so consistent in the book. And then just the Carrie and Alice, 
in the earlier episodes, Hagger, who was supposed to be the child that is born that sort of frees Dana, has already died. She's actually the mother of Alice, which is confusing for some reason. (laughs) And I don't really know why that happened. But yeah, I guess a lot of my commentary is just confusion (laughs) on where we're sort of going. Yeah, I feel the same. And it feels like we're just kind of planting conflict for the sake of needing conflict when it's like more interesting to see how are these people going to work together in the situation that they're in, which is very dangerous. I was getting a little confused on Sarah's like goals when she's doing some things that people are mad about and messing things up for everyone. And I was just kind of losing track of like, why is she, why did this happen? Or why is she saying this? Like, I feel like we already had enough drama here we already have a very clear antagonist but yeah i don't know if i was like totally sold on that extra conflict in there and i think that could potentially be more interesting to yeah just keep like the the support system and support system can be very complicated and nuanced and interesting to explore so are there things that you liked about this variation i did kind of think it was interesting that Kevin's like a totally new person to her. At first I was like, why? Why that change? Like that change must matter. And I wasn't really like understanding it. But it is kind of interesting that it made him feel more of like, honestly, like a random white guy thrown there with her rather than someone she already had like a really bonded experience with. But I wasn't totally sure. And they kind of fall in love like on the plantation, like in 1815. There's like kind of this lovely montage of them just like falling in love in like the bedroom they stay in and listening to music together on like the iPhone in the 1800s. And I was just like not 100% sold on that. And Kevin sort of grew on me, but he's a very derpy character. And it was very different than in the novel, you know, which is fine. But I had to like kind of readjust like, okay, who is this guy? I ended up liking where they went with him and who he was in those show versus the the novel should be a movie that's really interesting talking about kevin because kevin in the book is someone who's like super logical yeah um still have the same like it is what it is you know let's work with what we have sort of sort of vibe but kevin in the show is confused yes all the time he's confused he's lost he's stuttering and he's uncomfortable. And and I think it's because he is spending a lot of time trying not to fall off of the deep end circumstances. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the conversation he had before they went to the hospital where he's like, I can't, like, I can't do that again. He's like, I can't handle it, basically. There's an unspoken, like, I understand that it's, it's actively physically harder for you, but like, I'm telling you that I can't put myself back in that situation because it's not going to be like great so we sort of uncover that but that is a drastic difference in the characters whereas in a book you know he's very like okay i need to pretend to be like a slave master so that you don't get like never could possibly come out of this situation happens to you and he's just very on top of it he's very quick on his feet that being said tom is like very dubious of kevin and i think that makes more sense in the show than it does in the book. Because while I was reading the book, I get yeah, like he's a funny dressed man who isn't like actively trying to oppress black people, sure. Right. But in the right. show, everyone, <laughs> so like if you could just pull it together a little bit, that would be amazing. In terms of them falling in love, they were sort of there 
when he talked for like five hours straight about like various music things. But I think Dana has been in such an odd mental state the entire time that she wasn't really allowing that to happen on her end. I think that's a good point. Kevin was partially there for comic relief a lot of the time, which I like kind of appreciated, but then also kind of threw me off tonally sometimes. Cause I was like, wait, what is like the tone of this show? <laughs> like, cause this is a very serious novel. But like when you put it into a medium that's just like kind of strictly visual and sound, like it is funny that they're walking through like 1800s forests in like 2016 clothes. Like there is something that's just funny about that image. And so it felt like Kevin was partially there. Like they were kind of amping up that about him because he like doesn't really know what's going on and they're there for the ride and doesn't want to be there. It's just like created more opportunity for those moments where there are like kind of funny things where he's asked about like, you know, oh, like, why don't you have any clothes? Like, oh, you know, bandits. He doesn't really know how to lie. But also like Waylon still buys everything he says. And so I was kind of like, is this like partially a comedy in these scenes? Because like this isn't, he's not convincing. Like he's obviously lying to this person who would like definitely know he was lying. But I was trying to just suspense and disbelief for a little bit. Ultimately, I kind of liked that but it felt kind of strange I guess ultimately I still wanted it to be like a little full-on more serious but then I don't know would that have been possible in a tv series (laughs) again thinking about like Handmaid's Tale when I watched that first season it was like right after I had read the book and I was I watched the pilot kind of like too soon after reading it and I was like oh this is just like not right like this is not the correct story the girl's are walking with their like bonnets on and in the novel they like cannot even look at each other at all and in the show they are like conversing with each other and ha- exchanging eye contact and it was just this simple thing but I was like oh the the novel is so much darker and more serious because they can't exchange eye contact but in the tv show I guess they kind of need to exchange eye contact because why would we watch <laughs> if they're just literally like not able to communicate I'm having like similar feelings with like Kevin as comic relief in like the TV setting that I'm like this was not in the book and is not maybe part of the original tone but maybe that's necessary here whether or not they that part kept true to the book or not would depend on the length of the series because I think if you have just that panic and that fear in those because also in the book I feel like we get a lot more violence towards the people on the plantation I understand the breaking next I think that would just be hard for anybody well for about 51 percent of the country (laughs) to consume you know especially because the whole season dropped at one time and binge washing is what people do now I understand I think I actually sort of appreciate the when she's whipped at the end of the show we've seen two maybe two before then and I don't know if I needed to see Two before then. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. There's also a lot more of the overseers and Tom mm-hmm. interacting with enslaved women at night and stuff that I didn't really want to embark on yeah. that many times. And yeah. the way that they have presented that in the show was actually just the aftermath of that. So you mm-hmm. get everything without having to sit through it. And there was some new stuff, like when they did go to the bar and I but thousand percent believe that that is something that has happened. That was really crazy. And I think that the shots, once again, did exactly what it needed to do without forcing you to sit in in it in the same way that Kevin was. Yeah, no, absolutely. I 
appreciated that. That's always like this fine line of like, how do you tell the truth of something, but without traumatizing people? Because I don't want to watch what happens in the bar, but I'm sure that really did happen. I actually had felt in that one scene, I've already like seen too much, kind of. Just give me like the hint of what's happening. And I appreciated how the show did this a few times where instead of kind of showing like violence that's happening, it's actually showing the face of somebody watching it. So you're kind of experiencing it like through them and how they're taking it in which is kind of more interesting anyway because you're seeing how that's affecting a character Mm -hmm. ultimately I thought that was like a good balance and that's yeah another challenge of moving from like the page to the screen because it's just more literal like you're just like actually seeing something and it's a little more out of your control because then when you're reading you're bringing like your own imagination to it and you're creating the scene in your head like as you're reading it definitely like challenging I think they did that well what did you think about the kind of aunt and uncle situation thought that it was a little weird I didn't understand why it was necessary to make the uncle such an antagonist and I don't know if that's that's supposed to play out in the future. So obviously I'm <laughs> black. So, so when I look at these things and I have the source material and I see the show, and we already have enough antagonistic black men for right. no reason. And yeah. then he's like an LAPD cop, which I don't remember that being in the book. It, when I, so yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why that happened because the conversation of Black people being on a police force is like another thing. It's hard to say LAPD without, you know, certain things or history or whatever coming to mind. And then in the book, he was so supportive. Also, we have to note that uh, the show takes place in 2016 and the book takes place in like 1976. Yes. Or something like that. Like 1970 something. In the book, he's like a really supportive, present father figure because Dana's parents have passed away and the only time that changes is when he discovers that the man that she's married is white which not super amazing but at the time was not crazy because if you put it into perspective you know 1968 was less than a decade away from the book so his entire Mm -hmm. life was just consistent (laughs) harassment from white men but for him to just constantly be berating their family and calling them all crazy and criticizing them and complaining about the experiences the whole time without actually being involved was really weird. And I'm not really sure why it happened. And then the aunt, I feel like she was a real person, but I also feel like there wasn't a lot of her in the book either. Not that there was much on them in general, but I feel like we have more of an understanding of the uncle than we did the aunt in the first place. Right. I don't know what she tried to put in her cup. That was weird. I didn't like that. They could have shown her vanishing in front of her aunt in a different way. Yeah. It was interesting how mental illness was brought into it. Like, is she mentally ill? And her mom was mentally ill. But it actually, like, she wasn't. She was literally going back in time. But the show jigs into that a little more. Part of the uncle's role in the show is that he believes this is all just like a mental health problem and doesn't want to listen to the truth. Not that anyone's even trying to tell him the truth right now, but that scene at the hospital was already like kind of unsettling because she goes to talk to her aunt just at her aunt's place of work, but it happens to be in a hospital. So it's kind of like, oh, what's going to happen here? That was one of the scenes where I did feel really like, oh, this is just like another story. Like, 
like yeah. this was not Octavia, but like this was something else. But something about that conversation like took the story into too much of a literal place for me. She was just really like talking to her niece as if she has a mental illness and she's trying to be supportive and she's trying to like listen to her about that and she wants to help her and she you know believes she's doing a good thing but then her niece Dana gets really upset when she discovers oh you don't actually believe me you think like you just think I'm crazy you kind of and I was just kind of like why are we doing this right now it just felt too like oh so we're really making it like in the literal real world that she is being pulled into like another time and we're involving like more people in it now and it gets to this question of her aunt you know I think now kind of believes her by the end so she knows about this Kevin is there? Is his sister going to know about this? Is like, you know, the United States government going to find out that people are like, <laughs> like it just, I feel like it just kind of opened it up in a way that I didn't think it needed to. And then, yeah, when they disappear in the closet at the hospital, so they like, you know, vanish in front of her. I was glad she like witnessed that, I guess. Cause I was like, I do not like just continuing on this train of like, everyone thinks Dana has a mental health issue. I feel like it was implied like potentially they're going to lock her up somewhere, like do something more extreme. I appreciated that the aunt did see that so that like maybe we won't pursue that further. But I agree, it was just kind of a weird scene. I feel like that could have been done just like more efficiently too. And that's where I felt like as a TV series, it's just trying to expand the story so much. And there were some places, including that place where it felt a little bit like the point of this is to just like dwell here longer so we can fill more time and you know stretch this out longer rather than like just keeping the urgency of the situation and in the 2016 present day this is all like one night right I think they go through one daytime together so maybe it's two nights and I had trouble buying that like Kevin's sister was that worried about him that she was up at like 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. coming to the house. And it's like, well, he is like an adult. And in order to buy that, I was like, what has Kevin done in the past that like you are so worried about? Because it must be very dramatic, but I like would like to know what it was so I can believe that you're this worried about him just on one one night. And same with the neighbors who are like, Pretty over the top, the couple who keeps checking in on them, like she's being abused and the neighbors are being over the top about it. But also when I say over the top, I don't mean like unrealistic necessarily. That just like that can be like a real issue. But would this all happen on one night though? Like would they have like one drama and like still go to bed? Of like, I was having trouble continuing the suspension of disbelief in like the 2016 present day with everyone being that worried about it. I think that the neighbors and the sister are a part of a longer narrative on white people, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like, I don't think that that's crazy to have the two parallels of 18-whatever versus 2016, right? like helicopter parent or neighbors and sister. And the book, Kevin explicitly says that his sister is kind of high-strung, but that wasn't really communicated in the show. Mm-hmm. And then also in book, and they're kind of estranged because she married like a real macho white man sort of character, really concerned with his masculinity and probably is a little bit racist. And so she basically like loses her shit when she finds out that he married a black woman. So with a little bit of context from the book, you already sort of are filling in the gap that this show hasn't filled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know, but I do agree with you that for the show watchers, because I'm sure 
a good majority of them haven't read the book. We do need to see why, because it's not enough. The actions aren't enough to justify the implications. Right. It's sort of explained in the last episode, but by then it's already like escalated to a weird point. Yeah. The neighbors, I don't <laughs> understand. It's like partial comic relief and impartial just commentary on like yeah. Black America, blah, 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 blah. You have the surface level of being like, oh, they're just being like racist neighbors. But mm-hmm. they're also so concerned about Dana in particular in her health. And mm-hmm. I haven't been able to get a clear idea of like what is actually concerning them. What are your overall thoughts on the show? I, overall, I would say overall, I like the show. Like, I think it's a good show. But I don't think it's, like, an amazing show. I don't know that it's going to really stick with me a lot. Like, the novel is so good. I was thinking, like, would Octavia Butler like this show? Like, I don't think she would. No. There are lots of good things about it. Overall, just generally, yes, I liked it. But I wasn't, like, really moved by it in the way I wanted to be. It was okay. There were parts in the season where I had to be like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. Where like where I was pulled in enough where I was like, okay, you know, I want to keep going. But I never had a moment of like, wow, that was amazing. I'm going to think about that. And I feel like there's so many parts in the book that, not even a book, like if you just have the concept of 26-year-old Black woman in present day keeps getting pulled back into Antebellum himself. Like that's cool. Like that's, I mean, it's not great, but, you know, know, that's a really interesting concept and you can assume that you'll take something from it, no matter what your belief system is. You'll have something that just really sort of impacts you. Not that every piece of media or art needs to be like super, super impactful, but like, look at the stakes we're working with. Look at the conditions we're working with and there has to be something there. If there's a second season, I would watch it more because the cliffhanger did I feel like the ball is rolling, but also there's like yeah. 30 pages of book left. So I'm not really sure <laughs> exactly what's going to happen, but I am excited with the fast-paced nature of this. And I am kind of curious to see if she even stays in this neighborhood or like, I kind of want the neighbors to chill and that be like embedded in their brains because I just need to see that mm-hmm. as a Black person in this country. Those are sort of my final thoughts is that it was okay, but I do, I definitely feel like it should be like inspired by Kindred. Like, I don't know. Or right. I don't know. Yeah. It really, it honestly could have been like Dana's second cousin was experiencing the same thing and this was her storyline. Right. Yeah. yeah. I almost thought since her mom is now involved in the past and her mom, it's like from, you know, 1980-ish. It was sort of like, oh, that could have been interesting if Dana was the mom and this show was about like Dana's future child, like going through the same thing or something. But yeah, I am curious now that like spoiler that the mom is like back in 2016, but also like she's in the wrong timeline now. So is she still like the same age? I have a question like I would watch just to be like logistically what's going to happen. With this going forward, and are they going to go back together and get Kevin? Presumably, we're going to follow Kevin further through his life in this time period. And I imagine they'll be more separated from each other in terms of their like goals in this place. But ultimately, I think they're still trying to find each other and like be back in the present day. But yeah, I agree with you. I would watch another season if the next one comes out. I'm curious to see what happens. In some ways, this season has maybe laid the groundwork for like, no, the story. So we'll see. Well, I was reading up 
on like the actual show outside of like watching it. There are a few other adaptations. I know it was Wild Seeds, Dawn, and their Parable of the Sower is something <laughs> that I think people have been trying to attack for a long time. Yeah. And so that's up in the wind, but the other ones I think are actively like someone has it in their hands and is working on it. And I am curious to see because it did take them so long to get the rights, which means that the the Butler family estate, I don't know, I guess maybe it's the times inspired right. them to sort of share her works in this way. Do you have any final things you want to share with the listener? I will just say I'm, I'd be very curious to talk about this show with someone who hasn't read the book. I'm curious to know what that takeaway would be because it's so hard to remove the book from your experience of something and a lot of my favorite things about the show were just from the book they're like <laughs> compliments to octavia butler rather than like the series you know and i'm curious about how this like viewing experience is for someone who's like never read octavia butler before i feel like your first octavia butler read is like an experience i second that and <laughs> You guys should let us know if you just completely rode off the show because I would be equally interested in your thoughts and interpretations of everything. But with yeah. that, we'll let you guys go. You can follow us on the links in our show notes and we hope to see you guys soon. From Simon and Shuster, today we want to introduce you to a book that will have you laughing out loud and crying tears of joy. Sorry, Sorry, Sorry by Marjorie Ingall and Susan McCarthy is the ultimate guide to apologies. And let's be real, we could all use a little help in that department. Whether you're a serial apologizer or someone who struggles to say sorry, this book has something for everyone. But don't let the serious subject matter fool you. Sorry, Sorry, Sorry is bursting with wit and humor. You're gonna love their deep introspection and laugh out loud humor about the art of apology. This book is a must read for anyone looking to improve their relationships and communication skills. So pick up your copy of Sorry, Sorry, Sorry today and start your journey towards better relationships and communication. Trust us, you won't be sorry you did. See what we did there? Click the link in our show notes to order your copy. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. Well, red woman is a dangerous creature, creature, oh.